the Grand Thrive Podcast, episode 84, how to help your customers feel good about your business. Once you have that self-confidence and you have that belief in your work, it's going to feel way more genuine to actually start to share that with people. And, you know, when somebody says, oh, well, you know, why, why is this good for me? Or why should I buy this thing? You can tell them with absolute confidence why it would work or why it's a good thing. I'm just Van Den and this is the Create and Thrive podcast. A former school teacher, I turned my handmade hobby into a thriving business and I also teach other creatives how to do the same. My goal is to help you learn how to turn your creative hobby into a thriving, profitable business. So let's get learning. Hey Thrivers, Jess here. Welcome to another episode of the Create and Thrive podcast. And this week, it's a conversation with my right-hand gal, Meredith, again. And we're going to be talking about how to help your customers feel good about your business and also how to make sure they don't feel bad about it. <laughs> I'm gearing up for a long weekend. Uh, my One of my dearest friends is coming up to visit me for four days. We uh, only see each other usually once a year, so I'm really looking forward to taking some time out with her and hanging out, going to the beach. Uh, we have a... Uh, heat wave that is forecast this weekend where I live in Brisbane and it's going to get up to almost 40 degrees Celsius. Uh, I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit but it's very hot. (laughs) Very very hot. (laughs) So uh, hopefully we can find some uh, air-conditioned indoor activities to do at least on the very very hot day. We do have a spa treatment book tomorrow for a few hours so that'll be lovely and uh, I have a little hidden away secret spa up in the mountains that I like to go to occasionally so I'm treating my friend to that for Christmas so that'll be lovely and then I'm looking forward to getting a little bit of beach time in there hopefully uh, as well when it's not too hot I don't know about you and other Australians but summer is really not my favorite time to go to the beach (laughs) I prefer autumn and spring because it's just too hot to be out there in the middle of summer in the middle of the day on that sand it it turns into a furnace and you can barely walk on it so uh, I generally don't spend a heap heap of time at the beach in the middle of summer I prefer to hide away in the air conditioning (laughs) I'm such a wuss Uh, yeah I don't I don't do heat very well I prefer well I don't really prefer it cold either I'm just I like to be comfortable (laughs) in the middle So that's my plans for this weekend. I hope you have good plans. I hope you have been busy. We've definitely had an uptick in holiday orders and uh, busy getting all of those done. Looking forward to having a little break between Christmas and New Year. so uh, you'll probably see that that we're having a little bit of a a break on the podcast for a few weeks as well Uh, but we'll be back in the new year bright and shiny and uh, exciting uh, with lots of fantastic guests and lots of new episodes to help you grow your handmade business so yeah that'll be fun okay let's uh, get started with this conversation where Meredith and I kind of riff on the ways to make your well not make you can't make anyone feel anything and we discussed that but how to encourage your customers to feel positively about your business and your brand uh sort of it's sort of a bit of a what to do and what not to do episode so i hope you enjoy it and get some good tips from it let's dive in hi meredith 
Hello. Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming and listening to us today on our monthly conversation. I'm here with Meredith Island, who is my uh, right-hand gal here at Create and Thrive, and she also runs her own shop in Launceston in Tasmania. So we've got the retail and the online perspective for you today, which is, I think, going to be really useful when it comes to discussing this topic, which is how to make your customers feel or how to encourage them to feel a certain way or perhaps avoid making them feel badly. (laughs) So we're going to talk about those things today. Um, And kind of where we're going to start is just a bit of a talk on the general generalities. Is that even a word? Generalities. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> of uh, of what we're trying to achieve here when we talk about taking making our customer I mean you can't make anyone feel any way can you really no I, no I guess not I mean you can do everything um everything in your control to to give out the the right feelings for people but you know you never know how they're actually going to feel everybody's so different too yeah and I think I think it's really important people realize that because I think a lot of people when they're talking about, you know, merchandising and, and, and setting up their brand and, um, you know, we, we try to talk a lot about the fact that what you're really trying to do is make an emotional connection with people. Um, and then people feel really guilty about this, like, whole, oh, I'm, I'm making people <laughs> buy things or, you know, like s- somehow the act of selling is, you know, uh, evil or <laughs> manipulative. Yeah, or somehow dishonest. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a I think that's a misconception that a lot of people in our industry kind of even if it's not conscious sort of hold on to deep down because they have this sort of really icky idea of what selling is or what sales are. And I I think that that can really hold people back in a lot of ways because they you know whenever they try to do anything to to make make someone feel to influence how a customer might perceive their brand they feel like they're somehow doing something wrong yeah that's right I, I think that a customer is going to buy if they really want something anyway so just being open and honest um, and and being proud of what you do I think comes down to it as well a lot of people are secretly proud of what they do but aren't able to open up easily to others about it yeah I think that's a really interesting point because I mean I can't I can't count the amount of times you know people that I've worked with or you know people in the thriver circle like oh I'm you know I'm just starting to open my shop and I'm not really getting any sales and you're like well have you you know who have you told and they're like well no one really (laughs) because I'm kind of and, and they never can really they can never really um elucidate exactly why like why haven't they told their friends and family about it and it's this there's usually some sort of weird uh idea underneath it that you know they're what they're doing isn't worthy or it's not um you know no one's going to take them seriously or and things like that and I think that's quite difficult because you know I think fundamentally if you don't believe in yourself and don't believe in your business then how can you ask your customers to believe in you that's exactly right. Yeah. So, so first of all, you really need to get over, you know, you get through that. If you, if that sounds familiar to you and that sounds like something that you're like, yeah, nodding your head, that's how I feel. The rest of this is kind of going to be irrelevant until you get through that feeling and actually 
are proud of what you do and have a, a deep belief that what you make is worthwhile and is is um, actually going to help people or make a difference in their lives in some way. And if you don't really believe that about your product, it's going to be very difficult to, um, you know, make uh, encourage other people to feel that way about your product. That's right. Work on your elevator pit. Yes. As well. <laughs> that helps you build confidence in telling people what you do. Just practice it. Just in front of the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, it sounds so stupid, but it does actually help <laughs> to <does>. practice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, you know, you need to come up with that elevator pitch, that 30-second pitch, that real succinct idea of what you're doing and why, you know, it should say what and why. You know, it should say this is what I do and this is why I do it. And if you can really work that out and start to work out how to get that across to people, that's kind of the fun, the foundation of all of this because once you have that self-confidence and you have that belief in your work, it's going to feel way more genuine to actually start to share that with people. And, you know, when somebody says, oh, well, you know, my why why is this good for me or why should I buy this thing? You can tell them with absolute confidence why it would work or why it's a good thing. Yeah, you need to go over these things in advance so that you've got those answers because deep down you know the answers easily but actually being able to tell people and, and have faith in what you're saying is, is probably the tricky part. Yeah, and what you're really doing is coming from a place of um, being completely genuine and honest about who you are and what your, you know, who your work is for, and that includes knowing who it's not for. You know, when you're really clear on the value of what you make and who it's who it's for, then when people come, you know, and I've done this many times, people have asked me, "Is this for me?" And if they give me enough information, I can tell them whether it is or not. And I, I don't like lie to people and say it's for them if it's not. If they are giving me, you know, um, whatever business they might be talking about, if they come to me and say, is this the right piece of jewellery for me? Or is, you know, this course going to be a good fit for me and here's my situation? I can tell them honestly, yes or no. And I think that's really important. You know, it, when you get to the point in your business where you can confidently say to someone, no, this isn't the right product for you and, and know why that is. I think people really respect that. Yeah, definitely. And people can people can then see that you know what you're selling and you've built that relationship with them then and it, they grow trust because they know that you're going to be honest regardless. Mm -hmm. And they'll probably come back and buy something from you later because they, they feel like uh, you really are that honest person who they can trust. Yeah, and even if... And even if they don't buy from you, they might know someone else who might. And they might say, hey, I talked to this person and they said they were honest with me and they were genuine and they said, no, this wasn't the right thing for me, but it might be the right fit for you. So really, you know, deep down, it means that you need to be honest and genuine and so, you know, and listen to your customers or potential customers so that you can tell them one way or the other. And that that underlies everything you know when your customers feel respected and they feel valued um, they're going to have a positive emotion about your business and that's going to either you know stand you in good stead just <laughs> karmically if you believe in such things 
or you know if you you think about how that might they might tell someone else about you you know word of mouth still is the most powerful marketing tool there is and the only way to influence that is through being genuine and honest and understanding who your business is for and who it's not for yeah that's right so that's the first step you know you want customers to feel valued and you want them to feel like they trust you i think trust is kind of the number one word it's like the watch word here you know if if people feel like they trust you then everything else is pretty much golden even if even if things go wrong <laughs> and sometimes they do if people have that fundamental trust and belief in you then chances are you're going to be able to work everything out basically yeah, it's probably the yeah, like you said, the most important word in this conversation, um, and it comes in different levels. And some customers are openly trusting, and others really want you to work to gain that trust. Mm. Um, but either way, it, it it definitely is very important. I mean, have you have you ever been in the situation where you've had a customer who's like consciously not oh, maybe even tried to trick you? I don't know, or like tried to make it tried to make things a bit difficult to see kind of what your metal is, you know, whether you, yeah, whether you, <laughs> whether I, they I, can no, trust you. I actually you. have had that with, with, um, with my textiles in the past and especially at markets. Mm. Um, and I can't think of, of one in particular, but there have been customers, not many, but one or two mm. who I think they just really want to see how you'll react so that they can see if you're genuine. I'm not sure, but it's, mm. <laughs> they do make you work for it. <laughs> yeah, I think I've had that sort of situation as well. And it's it's really weird and awkward. But honestly, if you if you are honest and upfront about things with people, you can't go wrong. Like, that's all you can do yeah. is, is be honest and upfront with people and realize that not everyone's your customer and that's okay. Um, I think a lot of people when they're starting out really have this idea like, oh, I have to try to bend over backwards to f like, um, uh, I have to bend over backwards or do things differently to please people when it might be outside of your uh, zone of, of knowledge or, or, you know, what you actually do. In other words, somebody asks for a product that you just can't make or that you don't have the, the knowledge or skills to make, or frankly, that you don't want to make, <laughs> that it's okay to say no. Yeah, especially at the beginning, you just want to please everybody and, yeah. it, and you end up just spending lots of time and money and effort. <laughs> Um, on something you really don't want to be doing. So it's <laughs> you can't please everybody. No, and, and it's important to realise that. And I think we probably all learned that the hard way in, you know, in some ways. I think we've probably all taken that custom order that we regretted taking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, accepted that customer that we really know we really shouldn't have. So, um, you know, the thing, and I've seen this a lot in um, the service industry, um, like the online service industry, people being this idea that, you can choose your customer. Like you don't have to accept everybody who wants to be your customer. You can actually say, "No, I'm not. Ex I'm not going to. I'm not going to take you on as a customer, for whatever reason." And that's okay. Um, yeah. So slight tangent, but I think that's an important thing for people to realize <laughs> is that it's okay if you don't want to take someone on as a customer for whatever reason. Uh, definitely. And there's always yeah, different personalities are not always going to work together. And if it becomes or it looks like it's going to be too hard, then 
just having the confidence to say, you know, that that's not something I want to do or take further, then that that is perfectly okay. Yeah, it really is. And you can usually, you honestly, you can usually tell pretty early on if it's not going to work out and you have to trust your instinct um, because if you don't, you'll probably realize that your instinct was right in the long run and uh, that's not a fun <laughs> way to work that out. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can think of a few examples where I've not trusted my instinct and that was a mistake. But so, mm-hmm. yeah, from a, from a place of experience, trust, trust your gut. So, yeah, so we've gotten that out of the way you have to you have to trust yourself and believe in yourself a lot so that people can trust you and if you're honest and genuine people will trust you so let's you know what are we what sort of emotions are we trying to encourage people to feel here what are we talking about what do we want people to feel about our business um so what are some of the things we want to encourage them to feel or you know are the things the emotions we're trying to um, elicit in them I think uh, one of the most important ones is for the customer to feel invested and to feel like they are part of your story, mm. contributing to what you do and and really being are and what your brand is. Yeah, and I think it's funny, you know, where I've been in the handmade industry for you know what is it eight years now or something, and this was a really like back in back in the day. Uh, this was a really big thing that set us apart, I think, from big business was this idea that we could have that one-on-one um, connection with people and that they could really be a part of shaping our business and being part of our story. And I think that still is the case, but you see it way more now in big business, This, I, especially I think through kind of the rise of social media and how big business have taken advantage of this and sort of jumped on the, the bandwagon of, wanting to make people feel part of your story or your brand and like it's not I'm not saying it's a new thing in advertising it's it's an old thing but I think it's way easier these days and I think it's more overt the the, um, brands are trying to make you feel part of their story not that they're trying to sell you something but that you're part of something bigger than yourself almost in some way yeah I mean I think most of us would have seen on social media um, for example, with big business, people tagging, say, Maya and saying, thank you, Maya, for my dress yep. to wear to this summer wedding. And, you know, it's the difference between us and small business and Maya is that they don't really care. <laughs> um, one <laughs> yeah. little post, I mean, they do because it's fantastic for marketing, mm. um, but there's not someone sitting behind that, that desk feeling just so proud that that they've been tagged um and thanked for something they've created yeah whereas when it's us i mean there really is you know we really it makes a huge difference to us as small business owners and handmade business owners when somebody tags us and shares their their part of our story or our part of their story as the case may be um and i think really making that obvious and and sort of um sharing that on is really powerful you know by and that's what we talk about social proof this idea that other people sharing your work and your brand and then passing that on to your other customers is a really powerful way of showing that you care and that it actually makes a difference and has an impact on you as a person and you know that you're you are you know the face of your brand or the person behind the brand 
So that's a really powerful, a really powerful uh, tool or strategy you can. And use. people, people won't feel comfortable to share unless they already feel invested and that they are part of your story. So, so getting it to that point is a huge win. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Like if they're just randomly, buy, randomly buying from you and then don't have any connection, the chances are they're not going to bother, you know, sharing that on social media or anything because they don't really have that investment. Um, you know, the people who shared my stuff, uh, I know are people who are really, really, you are like really um, feel like that they know me and they're part of our story and things like that. So taking the time to... Um, communicate how important they are a customer is to you personally i think is a really powerful way of making them feel that connection um i think there's a podcast i've done on that about communicating with your customer i can't remember the name of it but we'll put it in the show notes which one it is um and that's a really good one to listen to on this topic you know it gives you some tips on ways to really um leverage that you know simple customer communication to really build that connection with people and then when they feel that connection not only are they going to be more willing to share your stuff you know on social media they'll also be more willing to give you feedback for example yeah exactly and continue on that word of mouth um not publicly just you know around their circles of friends and family Mm, which you know is so powerful and that's Mm. how many of us find new businesses that we frequent and that we trust so um another thing you know so that's like they feel invested in your story then they feel excited if they have a good experience with you they feel excited to share that experience with other people uh and that's you know ideally that's kind of the next level isn't it like you know they 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 enjoy the the brand themselves. They feel invested in you. They have a good experience with you, and then hopefully, they become return customers. But then they also become, perhaps, if you're lucky, a brand evangelist and really spread the word about your brand to other people. That's right, and um, this is really sweet. But it's, there's been a few people who, in my retail space, have have bought a couple of things or even just had a browse, and then. On the way out the door, they'll just sing out to me, oh, I can't wait to tell everybody about this shop. And <laughs> you know, they don't have to say that to me. They could keep that to themselves. But to feel that they want to let me know that they're excited to share with others is, is really special. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, if you're you're that person... <laughs> on the other side of things going into that shop do tell the shop owner it really does make a difference and it really yeah. is a nice thing to hear <laughs> yeah i had a really lovely return customer today who's bought a lot of my jewelry and she met you know she's like oh i love your stuff i love to see it in boutiques all over the world you know and that was just really sweet it, you know it really makes you feel valued like somebody really really loves what you do to go to the effort to send an email to tell you that, you know, is really, really nice. So th- that sort of thing is what you're hoping for, I guess, when we're talking about making that connection and helping people to feel that connection with your brand and, and your business. That's right. And when it gets to that point, it's just, it's very special, I think. Mm, definitely. And you don't want to take that for granted. And, you know, it's I think it's important to, you know, really focus on those wins so that, you know, there's always going to be that time down the track that someone's unhappy for whatever reason, and it's really important to remember that 
you're working hard so that most people are very very happy and you get those super fans who really love what you do as well and another thing you really want people to feel and i think we touched on this a bit earlier is we want them to feel like we're solving a problem for them yes that's very important because people aren't going to buy something they don't think that they really need Mm. so it's you know it's your job as the seller to make clear what uh, need you're fulfilling or what problem you're solving with your product and that's you know when you talk about products to a customer you need there's two things you can talk about you can talk about the features of the product and you can talk about the benefits of a product and a lot of people get caught up in telling them all about the features like oh it's this size and this color and made from this material which is important but what you really should be leading with is the benefits of you know oh, this is going to feel so soft against your baby's skin, this fabric, because you know, it'll make them really comfortable. It'll, you know, it's really warm in winter and cool in summer, that sort of stuff, like the actual benefit of the product, why, it's, why it will make a difference to them, why it solves a problem or fulfills a need. And then once you solve them on the benefits, then you can tell them about the features. A, a lot of my customers they'll be in and ahhing and really they just and sometimes it's not me sometimes it's their friend or their their children who just say you know you've you know you've been a, a good mom today or something you should get that and no that that's happened a few times and it's because yeah. i you know it's and it's really special and then they go okay you know what yeah i do deserve it <laughs> and all of a sudden they think yeah well, they know that they they should splurge on something, even if it's just something little. Mm. Um, giving being given permission mm. for them to have something that they want. Yeah, that permission thing's really big because <laughs> a lot of people, especially I think, a lot of mums and stuff who are really focused on their kids and their families, uh, put themselves last, and. That's not a healthy way to be, I don't think, in the long run. I think it's really important to value yourself first. I was giving a workshop on the weekend, um, a yoga workshop, and I was teaching restorative yoga, which is all about slowing down and relaxing and you know, basically giving yourself permission to stop and relax and have some time. And um, I use the... Um, the oxygen mask analogy you know in a plane it always they always say make sure to fit your own oxygen mask before you try to help other people uh, because otherwise you're useless <laughs> and uh, I think that's really important for people to remember about their lives in general you know you have to take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself and uh, you can't give yourself or give of yourself and I know it's it might sound stupid, like, oh, we're talking about buying pretty things or whatever, but it's not. Like, everybody has those things that make them feel happy or that make them feel rewarded or make them feel special. You know, for some people it might be, um, like, for me it's, like, some nice candles or a bath bomb or, you know, just those little things. And it can, you know, it's usually an experience-based product, like something that will um result in a future experience (laughs) for me uh and you know it's important to value that and say that's okay and it's not it's not you know useless or frivolous or whatever it's something that it makes you feel happier and better about your life and that therefore when you feel that you feel like you can give more to other people that's right and it really is it's serving a purpose then it isn't just splitting and just spending money it really is it's 
giving to yourself, which I, I do think is important. Mm. Yeah, you have to give to yourself and you have to make time to take care of yourself and uh, in whatever way that might be. So that, you know, that's that deserving and, and that, you know, feel like you're fulfilling a need for whoever, whether it's the person buying it. I mean, at this time of year, we're recording this in late November. So, you know, Christmas is coming up and people are buying stuff for other people. So I think especially you guys who are in a retail space or a market environment really have um, a bit of a be- kind of a leg up here because you've got that, that face-to-face connection and you can bring that into the conversation really easily. Um, whereas for those of us online, I mean, I'm, I don't know about other people, but I don't have the time to go and change every single description in my shop to say, this would make a great gift for so-and-so. I'm sure some people do that, but I don't. <laughs> whereas, you know, if you're standing next to someone in a shop and they start talking about their grandmother or something, then that's a really great little segue to go, well, this thing over here might be perfect for them. That's right. People, yeah, people are always looking for something and, if you follow the right cues, you can you can figure it out and you can be helpful. Mm, yeah, and I think it's you know I mean how do you how do you sort of draw that out of people if you're in like a selling at a market or in a retail space or something like that? What's some sort of cues or ways that you can make that connection and sort of figure out what people are wanting to buy or who they're wanting to buy for? I mean, do people generally? Um, do they sort of volunteer that information usually or is it something that kind of can crop up through smart questioning? I think that it's it's probably different in most retail spaces. I feel like uh, my customers seem to be very open with me and so I don't really have to do much to find out exactly <laughs> what they're after, which is really great for me. Yeah. Um, I think markets are harder because people, um, customers possibly turn up um, and they get kind of nervous that someone's going to give them a hard sell, so they avoid being open and honest. Mm. Um, but I think that that if you can just be, you know, approachable and friendly, then then people will open up. Yeah, a smile goes a long way. Yeah, a smile, eye contact, but then not like not that eye contact where you're like glaring at someone or staring at them, which really puts people off. But just a smile and a hello. <laughs> a smile and a hello. And maybe my favorite my favorite trick, you might say, not that I've done markets for a long time, but is a compliment. Like if there's something about the person that I genuinely think is cool, like they've got awesome jewelry on or a nice dress, or so, I'll compliment that and say, oh, that, you know, I love your dress or something like that. Like super quick and simple and I don't like stand there staring at them waiting for them to reply. It's just a offhand sort of way to make a positive connection with people and it's always genuine yeah. like I don't look for something to find and you know I don't look for something no, to compliment them in. yeah it's a good conversation starter too so it doesn't usually just happen to be a compliment though some people will just say thank you and walk away mm. but it's often a story about the special things mm. that people have or wear and there's a reason that they feel good wearing it so it's a good way to to break the ice Yes, yes, it is an awesome icebreaker, especially in, again, in our industry, you know, where usually it's someone because they've got something that looks kind of funky and handmade. And so, of course, I'm going to be interested in that because, you know, that's, yeah. that's the thing we share an interest in. <laughs> and generally there is a story. And, yeah, it can be a really great way to make that connection with people 
um and again just build that trust and honesty and and emotional i mean business it's all about relationships it's all about you know making a relationship with somebody even if it's just a once-off transactional relationship it's still a relationship and we're like the better and the you know the success or failure of a relationship comes down to how the two people or more feel in that space and I think it's important to remember that you know I've had some horrific experiences with uh, market sellers and shopkeepers who just seem to forget that like they treat you like a commodity like uh, another object or a a number and they don't treat you like another human being who has emotions and feelings and when you feel treated that way that's the worst possible thing and that's you know you're never going to go back to that place again and you're going to like it's going to be bad word of mouth you know you're going to encourage other people to stay away as well that's right yeah i i get put off very easily um in the situation you've just explained it can be yeah it's really hard um, and even if you love, love what you're looking at, it you don't really want to buy because you just want to move away from the situation. So, yes. yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, and yeah. so we're sort of segueing here into the what we don't want our customers to feel part of the <laughs> part of the conversation. You really, you know, you want to go out of your way to make sure your customers don't feel alienated or ignored. I like nothing annoys me more when I'm in a shop or. Um, you know, like some sort of service situation, like say for example, a cafe and the, the customer, the, sorry, the, the barista or the, the server or whatever is um, dealing with another customer and then they, you're standing there like next to them and then they walk off and make the coffee without even acknowledging your existence. Like <laughs> it's as simple as going, hi, I'll be with you in just a moment and just making that brief on- eye contact, that acknowledgement and then moving on. And then you're like, oh, cool. They see me. They know I'm here. Whereas when they don't make that acknowledgement, you just feel like invisible and you feel worthless. And I know that sounds over-exaggerated, like whoop-de-doo, like the barista hasn't noticed you. But I'm sure everybody listening can relate to that. And you've had that experience. You know, that simple moment of acknowledging somebody is really all you need to do and it can make so much difference like i've literally walked out of places before when that's happened this has happened because i'm like well i don't have much you know, not maybe i don't have much time or they just they keep doing other things and still not acknowledging me and it's like you've had like five ex- opportunities you've walked past me <laughs> but you still haven't even made un- eye contact with me so if you you know you don't feel valued and you'd rather go somewhere else where you do well, that's right, and that that acknowledgement, even if it's just as simple as a smile or a hello, puts the customer at ease, and mm. they know they know that they're being thought of, regardless of how busy it is, um, or a market or a, or a retail store. Um, knowing that you're in that person's mind um, and that you're going to be dealt with means that you're going to hang around. And I've I've worked in hospitality for a long time, and um, the people that that walk out are the ones who don't get acknowledged, and it's it's not it's not their fault. They mm. just don't feel like that's the place they want to be. So it it really is very important. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's I think like you said in a market situation, it's difficult because it can get really busy, and it can get really frantic, 
and it can be really easy, especially because people are, you know, if there's heaps of people, they're sort of walking by and having sort of a bit of a squiz, but not really stopping. But if anybody ever, you know, makes that effort of stopping at your stall, even for a moment, just just make sure to make eye contact with them and smile, if nothing else. And just that acknowledgement is really powerful because it, it just immediately, like you said, it's that emotional connection, you know, and they feel acknowledged. They, they know that you've seen them and that they you've made the effort to make that first contact and so they'll then feel comfortable making contact with you if they need something or if they want to buy something that's right it really does put someone at ease so they feel they can just take a breath out and look at what you've got and be relaxed and know um know that they're welcomed i think yeah definitely that welcoming is a great word but then conversely people can go the other way can't they (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you also don't want to be that person who's the pushy, over, over, um, hovering over people sort of salesperson. Um, I don't know. Like, does anybody actually enjoy that? I don't. I know I don't. Because <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. Like, if I'm in a shop, I want to be acknowledged, and then I want to be left alone until I have a question. Um, or if I'm standing staring at something for five minutes, yeah, I think that's fair enough a time when you can come over and go, can I help you with that thing? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm obviously having issues. Yeah. <laughs> but the last thing I want is somebody following me around, talking at me constantly about, oh, that would look great on you, or this would be perfect for blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, just leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to browse and feel – I don't know whether it's like an introvert-extrovert thing. I mean, are you an introvert or an extrovert? I'm an introvert. Okay, so am I. So maybe it is. Maybe it's an introvert thing that we don't like the pressure of someone's expectations hovering over us um, or we need the space to be able to think and make a decision by ourselves. Um, I don't know. Extroverts, if you're listening, please let us know. Do you enjoy it when somebody comes up to you in a shop and, like, chats, like, is really chatty and kind of follows you around? Maybe it works for some people. Um, But you need to watch people's body language, I reckon. Yeah, and I think um, especially at markets, I know that it's a long, tiring day, but you should generally stand up at your market stall mm. because I know I know this situation happens a lot and I've done it when I've been behind a market stall. It's quiet for a moment so you sit down and you're tired and then someone walks over and so you stand up and all of a sudden that customer probably thinks, oh, no, what do they, like, what do they want from me? What do I have to do? Do, they've just come to attention <laughs> it's this big um big gesture rather than just being there yeah so and just body language like that that's a really good point i've never actually thought about that particular thing before but you're absolutely right it's like if you're just already standing it's not an issue but yeah that's sort of like whoa okay they they're on they're on there they're paying attention to me oh my god let's just veer in the other direction and that's exactly right. And I think I've done that to people before, which taught me, you know, you should definitely <laughs> be aware of that. Yeah. And, you know, when someone is in your shop or at your market stall, um, you need to just learn to read them. You know, if they're open, if their body language is open, if they're making eye contact with you, if they're smiling at you and they're chatty then make conversation. But if they kind of flick their eyes at you and then down again, or they have clothes off, body language just leave them be they'll and they'll you know as long as i don't you know always acknowledge them always send them that smile and that hello and try to make eye contact but then leave them leave them alone if that's 
if that's their body language because you're you're just going to make them feel pressured and that's not what's going to make them stick around they'll just run away because it'll be stressful that's right they'll just walk off somewhere with somewhere else because they'll yeah they'll feel like they're under too much pressure to to look or buy yeah and i think that's one of the nice things about um selling online or buying online for introverts especially is that you have that um that barrier uh of the of the computer screen or whatnot you know you can kind of take your time to reply to an email and you can get back to people when it when it works for you so yeah just you know be aware of but still be aware of people's language um when they're communicating with you online you know you can tell a lot about how someone feels about your brand and about your business through how they type and what they write about and you know how open their language is um like oftentimes i'll you know i'll I'll get an order and then i'll send our you know our thank you message which is quite in-depth and quite heartfelt and so many times from that i've gotten this real big oh my gosh we're so thankful that we decided to buy from you guys um it's obvious you care about what you do and you care about us and then they'll tell me the story about their (laughs) you know why they're buying the thing and it's really really nice so you know it's not like this um making this emotional connection is not something you can do online because you can you can do it a really actually really good job of it online because you have the time to actually think about the sort of language you want to be using and plan it out and actually write it out and beforehand uh, to make sure that you're getting the message across to your customers of why you care and why you were a good choice to buy from. I think that also shows how important your copy is on your website, especially mm. when you're talking about yourself um, so that people can be put at ease without even having to speak to you. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, there's this, um, I just want to set something at rest right now. If you're a one person show, please use I. (laughs) Don't use we. (laughs) So many people ask this question. It's like, should I be using we and kind of pretending like I'm a bigger? No, like value the fact that you're a one person business and make it personal. Use I. There's nothing wrong with that. It's you're not breaking some sort of business law or something by using I instead of we it's perfectly fine and I think is actually beneficial in this particular environment to use I so yes use I don't use we um yeah putting that aside another thing we don't want people to feel is we we talked about not wanting to to feel pressured but we don't also don't want them to feel rushed um like we're trying to get them out the door Exactly. And you can get so busy and you can have so much to do and so many other customers to deal with, especially in a retail space, but also online with, mm. with emails and, um, and contact there. Um, take the time. Every single transaction is so important to, to make sure the customer is happy. Yeah. And it's really, you know, um, you might be in that situation where you've got five people waiting and you know, it feel a bit stressful but don't don't feel don't make the person in front of you feel um devalued in any way or like you're trying to get them get rid of them i mean you know we all have those customers who just want to chat 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 and you do kind of have to actually get rid of them sometimes <laughs> but <laughs> you don't want them to feel like you're getting rid of them <laughs> no but but also if someone is a kind in the line 
and they're waiting and they can see that the transaction or the communication that's going on is positive and um, the customer and you have both uh, had a really good experience, they're going to see that and want to be part of that mm. too. So they go come to you next with the expectation um, that they're going to get the same service. So obviously consistency is important but people mm. watching that positive experience will then go, that's really nice, I want that too. Yes. So that's really good. Yes, that's a really, really good point, um, that consistency of, of communication and experience. Like I live in a really small town, which I've only moved to, you know, in the last six months or so. And, you know, you get that assert, that's um, sort of when you go to the supermarket or you go to the bakery or whatever, you can tell like when the people behind the counter really know the person like that they're serving. They're obviously a regular customer or they know them from around town or whatever. And... I think it's really important when you're on that, like when you're on the customer service side of that, um, sure, there might be someone who you're serving who you know really well, who you're friendly with, and you can sort of ask about their Uncle Joe or whatever. <laughs> but also, even if someone's a stranger, try to try to have that same um, friendly vibe with that person because they might become a regular customer. And, That's right, yeah. Yeah, and you don't want them to feel like they're somehow less than because this other person you've been chatting to for five minutes about their life story because you know them. So that's an that's a difficult, I think, balance to, to strike as well um, in that sort of circumstance. But, you know, if, you know, you want every single customer to feel equally valued whether they've been there for the first time or the 20th time. That's right. Mm. Whew, I think we covered quite a lot in that one. <laughs> <laughs> so really if we come back to brass tacks trust and being genuine so you want people to feel like they can trust you feel like you're being genuine and respectful and that you're listening to them so you want them to be, feel valued and you want to help them feel invested and you don't want them to feel rushed or pressured or like they're not valued and i think if you do all of those things and you'll make mistakes and sometimes some days will be better than others but if you keep that sort of in the back of your mind you know that every single interaction with a customer is a, like a relationship and that you know you've got a sort of you know that sort of bank account idea that you fill fill it with positive dollars and you know it's just going to grow and grow and sort of interest will grow upon that so that's a, a good way to sort of think about every customer interaction rather than when you're stressed and tired and oh I have to deal with a customer <laughs> uh, which you know we've all been there and I think we've all felt that way about every relationship in our life at some time or another. It's probably like, oh, I have to deal with you again. But <laughs> if you can get through that and really hold that, um, I think that care and compassion for your customers, it's going to really pay off both both actually physically, financially, and emotionally for you and them in the long run. Yeah, and let the, let the ones that don't work out slide so that you've got the energy to put put into the ones mm. that that really are good and special that's a really good point you can't please everyone all of the time <laughs> so just yeah, let it let it go energy from those. let them go yep. you know you will, you do your best and then let them go because there will always be ones that don't work and then you can always put your time into those that do indeed Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show with me again this week, Meredith, uh, for this conversation. It's lovely to have you here and kind of bounce ideas around. And, uh, yeah. 
Thank you. Lovely to be here. <laughs> and those of you listening, make sure to let us know your thoughts. Uh, head on over to the Create and Thrive blog and look for this episode, which is, I believe, episode 84. Yeah. Are we up to 84? <laughs> After 84, wow. It just blows my mind every every week. I'm like, we're up to this episode. I'm like, really? How did that happen? It's so quick. It's going to be 100 before I know it. That's going to be amazing. Yeah. I have to do something special for 100. I don't know what. Anyone got Party any suggestions, it. let me know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll take them under advisement because I value you. So thank you for listening <laughs> and being here every week and trusting me to uh, – impart some part of my limited wisdom with you and Meredith's wisdom also. So thanks so much for listening, everyone. Uh, This has been the Create and Thrive podcast for another week. I'm Jess Van Den and goodbye for now.